All right, we're rolling in three, two, one. Movie time. Movie time. time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody, and welcome to Movie Time Extra. It's the show where we talk about movies with a little something extra. I'm your producer and co-host, but I am not your mother. My name is Dashiell Marco. And I'm your amateur researcher, thematic analyst, and I am your parent, Tyler Duncan. Today, we are watching 2017's Mother, directed by Darren Aronofsky. If you enjoy our show, please rate us, review us, and subscribe to us. Tell a friend and send us an email at movietimeextra at gmail.com. We would love to hear what you think is a little extra or a lot. Mommy misses you. Our banging theme song is by the amazing DJ Cutman. Check them out on Bandcamp for solid bangers and bops. We love you, Cutman. We love you, Cutman. As always, there will be spoilers in this show. And if you don't like it, go cry to your mom. At me. At your mom about it. At me. Yeah, so this movie. Sometimes, <laughs> folks, we watch a movie, and I wonder if the mission statement of this podcast is really a good idea. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. I do too, but. This, the, yeah, this movie is intense. Yeah, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. We So we watched, I watched this movie twice because the first time I watched this movie, I had been drinking. You were a little faded. I was a bit faded and I really, really liked this movie when I could barely keep track of what was going <laughs> on. <laughs> I watched it again yesterday, sober as all hell, and I still really liked it, but I definitely got just a huge buzz off of just experiencing this movie when I I don't I don't usually enjoy movies like that I don't think that's a good way to enjoy movies but damn did I enjoy this movie yeah you were yeah you were there was genuine joy like as we were watching the movie we're typically pretty quiet when we watch the movies together but oh no (laughs) not this time I'm not usually like that faded when we watch movies but we watched it a little later in the day because because we tried to watch uh, for the podcast uh, Annihilation. Oh, boy. Which we could talk about. If you want to hear us talk about that movie, let us know. Yeah. And it's funny because everyone else that, I mean, I've talked to like two or three people and uh, just this particular anecdote. And like all three people I talked to were like, what? You didn't like this movie? Or you didn't like Annihilation? And I didn't. <laughs> it's critically acclaimed, too. Wow. Like, I mean, it's got like an 83% or something on Metacritic. Like, people really liked it. And you and I just sat there. Like, you'd stop the movie 18 minutes in. And you were like, do we have to? <laughs> kind of I was like, like, do you mean, do we, are we, are we doing this? Is this, should we keep going? And I was like, we're like 20 minutes in. Yeah. It e- just wasn't it. It e- wasn't it, sis. Email us and tell us how much you loved Annihilation. I mean, goddamn, the, the first half of that movie was just 
if that movie was an hour long and they just cut the first half of the movie, it would have been fine. Totally fine. Needed zero of that exposition. Yeah. So, yeah, we decided that we didn't want to just rip on that movie for an hour. Yeah. And so we watched Mother. 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 And it's a lowercase m. Really? Yes. Which we'll get to. Yeah. We'll get to that exclamation point at the end later, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, this movie... Okay. Uh, how would you describe this movie in one sentence? Rosemary's and- eight ball. <laughs> <laughs> Rosemary's acid trip. Yeah. This movie is uh is the Bible in a two hour movie, I guess. Yeah, yeah, biblical Rosemary's Baby, which I guess Rosemary's Baby was kind of biblical anyway because it had to do with like Satan. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's yeah a uh, a, a biblical allegory told via surrealist filmmaking and uh and and the, the baby gets at and uh i don't know so much happens so much happens like visually like there's so so much just happens and it just happens and there's nothing you can do about it and yeah i think on the surface level the first half of this movie is kind of like a home invasion movie and then reality definitely begins to fall apart. And the last 45 minutes of the movie is is an intense fever dream. Yes. I legitimately had no idea what was going on. And I felt just as confused and anxious, probably as the main character does, uh, right up until probably maybe an hour in. This is like the horror movie for people with social anxiety. I'm never throwing a house party again. Oh my God. Oh my God. We like took a break in between and we watched this with a a buddy of ours and we were just sitting outside and I was like, this is, this is everything I hate. Like, (laughs) like I'm loving this movie because I, I am so tense and anxious with like everything that is happening right now. Yeah. I had pretty, pretty decent like ASMR throughout almost this entire movie really yeah this movie hit all the right notes for me there's no humor at all in the first like hour of the movie there's like a tiny little very very tiny tiny little bits of humor in like two parts of it maybe but this is like a pretty humorless movie it's it's very intense and straightforward with how it's trying to make you feel very very anxious um there's like dispute over this being called a horror movie as well which i think is interesting i mean the first half of it isn't really a horror movie per se and then kind of the second half is just just very very intense imagery um and then some 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 pretty on the nose you know horror at the very very end um but let's get there i think you want to do like a quick recap of this movie yeah we can maybe, as we go through this recap, just kind of point out where the allegories are and then maybe unpack them a little bit later if we feel like it. Sure. So, I don't know a whole lot about the Bible, <laughs> um, but reading people and Aronofsky unpack this after the fact, it makes perfect sense. And it's really not that complicated in its allegory. Mm-mm. Um. So, 
we start out with this couple, uh, Lady Eve, what's the actress's name? I'm spacing. Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. She's amazing in this flick. Um, she wakes up in bed. Her husband's not there. She she is, as we learn throughout this movie, an allegory for both Mother Earth and I think um, Mary as well, like the 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 mother of Jesus, right? Yeah, it's um, like the divine feminine. Yeah. yeah, and then her husband is is allegory for like <laughs> the father of Jesus, I guess. God. Yeah, yeah. God, the, the the creator. Um. So anyway. Uh, she wakes up. Everything is a little bit normal at the very beginning. I, I guess like some of the walls are moving. She sees like a baby inside the wall. I think at one point, the very first shot of this movie is like her burning up as well. Um, we don't really know what that's about yet. Um, Turner husband. Her husband's kind of weird. We learn that he's like a writer in some form. I, I and I well, I guess I'm not, I'm trying not to skip anything important. But I didn't take super detailed notes, but we learn that like this. Uh, the the writer her husband oh and is anybody named in this film by by character name I don't like think so no in the credits they they're all him is the poet's name yeah and it's and he's the only person with a capital letter him in his name great well that'll make this easy for like me. they do in the Bible with God so when I say he I'm talking about him yeah <laughs> and when I say her mother that's that's uh that's her um. So we learn that he uh, has hasn't written anything for a while or whatever, and that's kind of just important to the setup. Um, uh, there's a knock on the door. We find out that this uh, just doctor is there, and he takes a liking to the doctor. Um, it instantly freaks out the mother, and it's just tense right off the bat. Um, we kind of get the vibes that uh, that he is thinks that having like this doctor having company there is going to help him write again and that's kind of how he justifies um the doctor's place there whatever she um has some sort of like anxiety or bodily attack or something and she drinks this yellow yellow drink in the bathroom and (laughs) fucking no one knows what that yellow drink is aronofsky said he would take it to his grave it's scissor yeah (laughs) It's not that important, I guess, but maybe it's it's could be allegorical allegorical for something that that helps like Mother Earth maybe not kick every kick mankind out or off of her. Maybe I read a thing that uh, it might be alluding to um, one of the first like feminist novels. It's called The Yellow Wallpaper. Ooh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, and it's about a woman who goes insane just from like her incredibly boring and limiting domestic life and she starts peeling the yellow wallpaper off to try and get the woman who she thinks is in the walls out and then she starts to believe that she's the woman in the walls and it like ends with her just like crawling around her room like on all this wallpaper uh no shit. Yeah, I read I read something about that. I like that idea. I feel like it's a teensy bit of a stretch. Yeah, but still, and that was that was written in like the late eighteen hundreds. So okay, I'm really gonna try to breeze through this yes. because there's a lot to talk about in this movie. But so many. Um, for, for people who haven't seen it, it's it's definitely worth it to kind of put these these allegories together with the movie. So, so his wife shows up. Uh, she's 
very uh, mischievous and rude and not fun uh, to be around. Uh, she, like, asks the first thing that she says to Mother is, like, hey, got any painkillers, you know? Um, mother finds that finds a thing in the toilet that looks like, like a pulsing heart worm thing. There was some fun trivia about that, too. Mm. Um, she finds a picture of her husband in their stuff, and they had claimed that they didn't, like, really know who he was but that they were fans. Uh, fast forward a little bit. And um, the doctor and his wife have snuck into his study uh, and broken this uh, crystal that I forgot to mention up until now. But it's this uh, very shiny, precious crystal that will come into play later. Um, they break it. I guess it's symbolical for, like, Eve eating the apple mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, everybody starts freaking out. Mother drinks more drink. Uh, the rest of the family shows up, like the doctor's family shows up the next day. Um, and the sons start fighting, um, and this is the first time that, or this is like the beginning of this movie really ramping up, and I have a clip from that if you want to listen to it. Yes, I do. Uh, so this is, thank God I can, thank God I'm quicker at recapping things than when we first started this, but we're, <laughs> we're 42 minutes into the movie at this point. Let's go sit down and discuss this. No, Mom, Dad's dying, and all he cares about is his damn money. Let's go! Boys, boys, stop it! Look at Dad! Look at Dad! Stop! Dad! Stop it! Stop! Please! Can you breathe? So as you probably heard, that didn't go too good. Mm-mm. Um, and you know these kids. I, I guess this family is kind of like a metaphor for mankind at this point, or like the beginning. Or some, I, I. This I, is Cain and Abel. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the one brother kills the other. Um. It leaves this blood blood splatter or <laughs> blood spot in the hardwood floor. That becomes like really important later. Uh, they leave the the family and um, the husband leave to try to take the the, the dead kid to the hospital, um, and they leave mother there. She tries to clean up this blood splot, and she can't get the hole to go away. Uh, the brother that killed the other one like broke back in or whatever, and then it gets kind of tense for a second, but then. Um, the father comes back, Th- and this is where I was like really getting that ASMR feel, like from this point onward, because it's like it's so t- it's so. What do tense. you think ASMR is? It's a tingly feeling. Oh, really? I, the the tension gave you ASMR? Not like this particular scene, but no, like I know, I know, the, but okay, all right. No, no, like, no, no I know no. that's not what ASMR is like by it, textbook definition. It is. But... It is whatever you need it to be. Uh, no, I oh, just I'm fascinated by that. I no, love it. No, this movie made me really tingly. Like that's it's, awesome. Yeah, I I I just really enjoy how tense and like it just gave me the right kind of anxiety uh-huh. where I where I am making that disconnect as the kind of person I am where I'm like I know this is a movie, 
I know it's not real, but it's really making me anxious in like the right way. Nice. Okay, so uh, they come back and... Uh, basically, he, the husband, invited the family, the rest of the family and their friends back over uh, for like a wake, I guess, of some sort. Um, the gaslighting he's doing on his wife is like pretty insane at this point, but you know... Um, she's pretty much along for the ride for this next part. Yeah, she's heavily guilted into being okay with everything. Yeah. He gives this toast speech as they ask him to do, and I timestamped that. I timestamped that mm-hmm. for if we want to listen to it. And I guess, I and then I'm asking you though, it, this was like one of his works, I guess, was like established, right? Because we kind of know at this point that he's like this legendary poet or something i think it's been established at this point that he's like a world-renowned poet yeah or it's like he's it it felt to me like he's got like a cult following of like people who are really dedicated to his work but he's not quite like broken through mainstream okay yeah i i guess we weren't really sure well i I don't know like maybe i missed something there because of what happens later that is that is the impression that i got oh okay post watching the movie um but yeah uh i think it's like one of his works or it like becomes one of his works because somebody says it to mother later yeah let's just play that part yeah i really like it so this is when, like, the family of the doctor asks him to make this toast, I guess, to their dead kid. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Shall we uh, have a toast? Yes, let's make sure everyone has one. Would you say something? He's so One for you? Of course. Thank you. Here. Everyone? Well, I'm beginning to understand your pain. The sacrifice of a parent. Here you go. All those years of worry. Years and days, days and hours. Hours and seconds. But in each second, an infinite amount of love. And now, suddenly, it seems there is nothing to love. Just a vast and silent darkness. But fear not. From inside it, there's a voice crying out to be heard. Loud and strong. Just listen. (laughs) Do you hear that? Do you hear that? That is the sound of life. That is the sound of humanity. That is your son's voice. It's cry of love. It's love for you. Yeah, so after that, more and more people start showing up for this, like, wake or whatever. Um, and yeah, again, I wrote my notes here. There's no humor in this movie at all Mm-mm. up until this point. Like, none. Um, they, the, the doctor's wife, like, asks her to say something, asks mother to say something, and she just, like, kind of gets, 
uh, like then somebody else asks her to do something or no then she sees all these people coming in and, and kind of runs off and all these people are being like kind of increasingly more disrespectful to like the space and the home and like mother's requests uh, so long story short they kind of like start breaking stuff uh there's like a breaking point in the movie you could say where um a couple of the the party goers are like sitting on her counter that she's told them isn't like latched down or whatever um and then the counter breaks and water spurts all out which i guess is like the great flood or something or so that's what i figured it was yeah yeah and then um she kicks everybody out and there's this really cringy bad like not sex scene but like precursor to sex scene after she kicks everybody out and it's forced intimacy that turns consensual which i find yucky but be warned that's in there yeah um so that happens and then like time passes and we're like in the next part of the movie um so we're we're about at like the hour 13 point uh she like feels the baby kicking um and then he tells her you know she she goes in to tell him like oh the baby just kicked and he's standing out by the door and he's just holding a piece of paper and he's like i i finished it so he like has finished his 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 poem that he's been trying to write for uh all this time and has said that you know having the doctor having all those people in and having a child has helped him reach this point where he's written this poem that we're going to find out, I guess, is like the, <laughs> it's, what, what is the poem allegorical for? A really good poem. Yeah. Uh, maybe the, the New Testament. Okay. That's kind of what I was thinking it was. It was like his first book is like the Old Testament. And everybody's like, cool, cool, rock on, Abraham, right, awesome. Uh, and then <laughs> New Testament is, you know, a whole fucking thing. Yeah. And takes over the world. Uh, right after he shows her the poem, I timestamped it right there, but it, it's kind of more visual. Yeah. Um, The phone rings for like the first time in the movie and uh, he picks it up and I guess other people have like already read it somehow. This is definitely where reality starts to break apart in this movie, like right at that point. Decidedly, I feel like. yeah. yes. Um, I wrote fucking blood spot in my notes because that blood spot is like still a thing in this movie. I think it's like getting bigger at this point or something. Mm-hmm. It's like the poison of sin or whatever. Um, In the next scene, she's like super pregnant. She's wearing this like really pretty like maternity dress, I guess. Is that what that's called? Mm-hmm. Um, she looks great and she's like setting up for a party it looks like and then it's kind of implied in like the next scene that she thought it was just dinner for two yeah it was a big dinner for two like she makes a fucking spread like yeah. a party spread I didn't know if I missed something there but no no she's just being like the archetypal like perfect perfect homemaker yeah kind of deal yeah that's what i got out of that totally um she like goes to get her husband at the door when he's like coming home i guess or whatever um for dinner 
And there's like a big crowd outside and they're all like at first it's just like journalists it seems like. Yeah. Um, and they're like trying to talk to him about his poem and uh, that's when things get really surreal. The crowd gets like bigger and bigger and she's asking him to come inside and obviously he's not he's just too absorbed by all these people and and that's what he's doing. Um, and then people kind of start like just being in the house and there's like a big bathroom line um forming i timestamped right here right as she's walking through the bathroom line i think one of the only bits of humor i found in this entire movie if you can even call it that it's still very like invasive and kind of creepy mm-hmm. all of you need to go outside yeah right hey there you go. Sir! I'm just gonna lie down for a bit. I, I don't no. feel so good. No, no, you cannot lie down here. Why, are you staying in here? I live here. This is my house. My house. My house. <laughs> the poet says it's everyone's house. Food and drink, my friend. Now, hey. I yeah, so that's kind of where this goes for the next, like, 10 or 15 minutes. Uh... I guess he is like the poet now and it becomes like really apparent that these people are all like even rabid followers at this point. They start like stealing shit uh, from the house just so they can like say that they were there Um, and things get like really increasingly surreal and I'm just going to breeze through the rest of it because I don't want to over describe what's happening in this next like half hour. If you haven't seen this movie, if all this allegorical stuff sounds kind of boring, this is not a boring it's movie. Not. It's not. Uh, and the like last 45 minutes of this movie are really fucking intense. Um, things get crazy. Uh, people start stealing shit. The cops bust in. They start shooting people. Uh, there's like a big row of women locked in a cage. Uh, there's a riot scene where there's cops fighting civilians. Complete fucking insanity. There's bodies everywhere. She has to like crawl up a big thing of bodies at one point. Um the whole atmosphere is like alive and the way that they shot all this is so good because it's almost like a different world in like every room of the house and they did it perfectly um she ends up like finding um him and they go upstairs so she can like birth the child (laughs) it's like three times during this he's like i'll be right back that's like his fucking Uh line in the movie um she has a baby Basically, she's trying to, like, not let him take the baby, like, out of his study where they, like, hold up so that she could give birth. Uh, But she falls asleep, and he takes it. Her follower, or his followers, take the baby, um, effectively destroy it, and then eat it. Sorry, if you haven't seen it. Um, She freaks out. I timestamped it. It's not that important. Just watch watch the movie if you haven't seen it. Um, They beat her up she he he kind of comes to her aid and tries to get her to like forgive them and is like insisting that that she needs to forgive them uh but she's not into that she goes down into the basement under where the uh the hole is where the house has been having its period this whole movie <laughs> um and she blows the house up um he doesn't get blown up and he takes her like kind of charred half alive body says he's taking her back to the beginning um and tells her you know that there's more that she that he needs her to give him she says that she doesn't have anything else to give and he says but you have a heart you have your love your love yeah. yeah 
And so he grabs her fucking heart out, and it turns to ash, and inside is the crystal that got broken by Adam and Eve. He places it back on the pedestal like he did at the very beginning of the movie that I probably didn't even fucking say. And then there's a new lady at the very... And then at, she, she wakes up and looks over and doesn't see her husband there, and that's the whole fucking movie. That's Mother. Fucking great movie. You did a great job <laughs> recapping that, because holy shit... So much it, happens. It's a little on the nose, but like, and that did take me a while, but I can understand why people might not want to watch this movie yeah. as well. So like maybe li- listening to a recap like that is preferable maybe for some people. Please let us know. <laughs> um, but there's a lot to unpack here, but it's also like really going to be kind of, or could be potentially be very difficult to talk about if we hadn't kind of broken down the scenes because, because it's so specific and he really did pack like so many fucking allegories into this two hour flick. I've avoided like going through and trying to like read anything about like what I may have missed. Cause there's so much. I just, yeah, it's, oh, there's so much. Um, I, I liked at the end, uh, where she destroys the house by fire. Uh, and as we said before, there was the allusion to the flood, um, with, the uh, the water main or them breaking the water pipe in the house. Yeah. Uh, so there, the story of Noah at the end. There, um, they see a rainbow, and God says essentially, um, "This is a, a covenant that I am making with people uh, and all life on Earth that uh, never again will there be a flood to destroy the Earth." Never again will all life be cut off by the waters of a flood. And so if you are raised religious and fundamentally so, (laughs) fundamentalist as I was, um, it's very much believed that the next time uh, the world ends, it will be by fire because God has promised a flood won't happen again. Um, And so I liked that. Nice. Yeah. She went, she, she goes thermonuclear uh, as much instead. as you can break this down for us is probably the better because me, like most of what I know about church is that I'm not supposed to be there. <laughs> you don't go to one because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> I'm sure there's some cool Portland churches that would take my tattooed oh, he- hell heathen, yeah. self, but I, I yeah, that's... That's not my bit. Yeah, I wasn't right raised religious or anything. Oh, someone was gonna ask you was like, is Aronofsky religious? Or... No, he's spiritual. He like... has he has beliefs. I mean, you know, he directed the fucking fountain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. I, I <laughs> so meant, like I yeah. meant to say that we should like look at some of his other works too and so see good. if we want to talk about any of them because I've seen the fountain. I saw it like once when it came out, but um, I would totally be down to watch that again too. It's been a long time since I've seen Pie as well. I don't, I've never seen that one. It's really good. It's really good. It's really sad, but it's really good. Um, but it's so cool that he's not like a fundamentalist Christian or whatever and like did the Bible in like a movie. Yeah, right? <laughs> and did it in such a way that it's thoroughly fucking entertaining. Well, and he did. He directed the movie Noah mm-hmm. with like Russell Crowe. So like he has interest in these things, but he's not like preaching about it yeah you know which is pretty pretty cool yeah um so because this easily could have been a, this easily could have been a very bad movie 
It could have sucked. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's worth pointing out is that like I would probably rate this movie like a nine. Um, this is probably one of my favorite movies right now. It's right up there with Hereditary and Midsommar and Parasite for me. Damn. Um, but a lot of people did not like this movie. Oh, uh, yeah. So there is some definitely some controversy. Um, there was, I believe it's like the Women's Writers Guild of America. They have like an awards show that they give out every year. And they gave, they gave Mother the award for most egregious age difference uh, in a couple in a film. <laughs> Uh, which I think is very funny. Uh, and yeah, and I do good. agree. You know, Javier Bardem, Bardem is quite a bit older than Jennifer Lawrence. Um, and I tend to find May December romances kind, of, especially. Uh, you know what? No matter the gender positioning, it doesn't matter. I, you know, I don't like them. Uh, at it, at certain stages in people's lives. Uh, like I get it. You know, like you're what one person is going to be at a disadvantage maturity wise and it can lead to bad bad sitch but i mean i think here you we're all grown and you can do what you want to do yeah for but sure in this movie it's allegorical too yeah it, it definitely god plays is into much it. older than mother earth god in fact creates mother earth so like it makes sense that he is going to be a much older man and she will be like kind of a, a very young beautiful woman yeah and and it works on the surface level too of just how, she, like well I actually I shouldn't say that, uh, but it, it, I mean it works now I I don't know I guess I was gonna try to say something that's like it works on the surface level of how he kind of takes advantage of her but I guess that's not it doesn't really have to do with age that's a stupid thing for me to say it can be though and I felt like it worked very well in the real world because a lot of guys like that who have like who are you know successful they end up with much younger women like troubled artists they often end up with like much younger ingenues yeah as partners who they are shitty to <laughs> so like back back on the allegory like yeah why why does he recreate her and like is he trying to get like a different result is he trying to get like her to forgive mankind at the end is I don't is, is know. that like the one thing like is that like when she forgives mankind and doesn't like go supernova then like does it keep going that time or have they just done it over and over again because she like won't forgive man and like kicks them out the planet because the the house well she she's Mother Earth but the the house is an allegory for the planet as well right because she's also the house it's the thing she's built yeah okay. like she is building and maintaining this home uh, so that yeah I feel like they're both they're connected yeah and that that's kind of what I I thought that the that her like seeing the pulsating thing in the walls I thought that was a baby I now realize it's a heart. Okay. She is literally the heart of that house. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because she's been maintaining it, um, I guess, since they got together. She rebuilds it from when it was burnt down the last time. From when she burned it down. Or the last iteration of her burned oh, it down. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I like how at the very end, you know, he puts the he puts the crystal back up, and then the house kind of, it, it, 
redoes itself. Yeah. Because it's like her heart doing that. You know, it's kind of up until that point in the movie, you might assume that she did physically do all that work somehow. Yeah. But it's very like touch and go. We're right at the very beginning of the movie again, Um, which is always nifty when that happens in a movie and it doesn't feel like cheesy. Yeah. Um, Fuck. What else was I going to say? Um. Fuck, I don't know. I'm not smart enough to talk about this movie. You are. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's uh there okay, so there's that. Um what do you think the baby is? Is the baby Jesus? Yes, the baby is definitely Jesus. I think the Jesus. baby's Jesus. Yeah, of course. Down and like like I wasn't sure until they ate him. <laughs> until they accidentally killed him and then ate him. And then I was like, okay, so yeah, that's just communion. They're just taking sacrament. All right, that's Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to be sure. I I think definitely. Oh, and when we watched this when I was when I was drunk, I did not get any of the biblical references at all, which was pretty funny. <laughs> you were just like, this is so cool. They yeah. ate a baby. I was like, this is Rosemary's baby. This isn't. I wasn't like fighting. I think the. I wasn't like fighting the idea that it was biblical, but I just didn't see it. No, you acknowledged it, but you were like, "It's also just it's Rosemary's baby. (laughs) It's this generation's Rosemary baby," which I do agree with you. It's got a lot of like. It's it's very Polanski esque. Yeah, Yeah. I I would agree with maybe this generation's Rosemary's baby, but it's definitely a lot more evolved. I think. Um. The only question I have. other than that, in here is what even fucking happened in this fucking movie? So, <laughs> but I feel like I've answered that uh, since I did a little more research. Um, I okay. So when I was first watching this, I thought this was about creative process, and it was kind of going to be about like uh, the way that a lot of like male creatives tend to oh I don't know a good way to say this and I don't want to generalize not every man is like this but there's a there's a kind of a a theme when you look at maybe like a John Lennon uh you know archetype or something like that where it's like there's a brilliant creative man and then he's always got a partner typically like female or femme partner who he overlooks and treats like shit. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and um, it's something that you see a lot in, you know, relationships and then the guy gets famous and then he neglects his partner and then ends up marrying somebody younger. So I kind of thought that this was just this poet going through these women kind of deal i think you could totally interpret it that way too i I mean on the surface level because you know god is the creator or whatever yeah right like i i think that 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 making the reference to like the creative process so to speak or like maybe a self-destructive or destructive form of that yeah is apt as well and i it made me think about how there is this misconception about creative people that we have to be sad and in pain in order to make our best work 
um, that I really don't like and don't agree with. Yeah. Uh, and that I really, really hope uh, leaves our cultural zeitgeist in the next couple of years here. Um, and so it seemed like maybe like he was, he had created this cycle that he needs to go through so that he can keep making great art. And it's almost like he's just got it down to a science. And, but there was like some supernatural elements in it. Um, Cause that mm-hmm. looks cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's this much bigger deal. It's this, it's this whole like allegory of like Abrahamic traditions, you know? Yeah. Which is dope. Like yeah. probably like, one of the better religious films out there, I think. Yeah, Passion of the Christ, Eat My Dick. I've never seen it. Watch this. I've never seen Passion or Noah. I had to watch it in church. Oh, you know what's a good religious movie? What? Constantine. Oh! Oh! <laughs> I rewatched that with our friends Lee and Summer. Uh, I rewatched that with them. Solid movie. Everybody who doesn't like that movie, look, <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. But... <laughs> It's great. I love it. It's vi- it's visually beautiful. Shia LaBeouf's hilarious. Uh, Tilda Swinton's hot as fuck. Uh, you can't go wrong. Uh, you know another good religious movie? What? Stigmata. I have not seen that in a Wait, long time. Jay and Silent Bob. That's the one I'm thinking of, right? Yeah. yeah. That, that movie... That- I haven't seen it in a while either, but I definitely remember like watching reruns of it on like Comedy Central like a lot back in that day. Yeah. That's a fun one. <laughs> oh god. I, I think I'm kind of going off the rails here, but no, I, I, mean, I don't care. I love it. <laughs> I, I think a lot of religious movies aren't good because I think a lot of the movies like funded by like Chris- Christianic or like Catholic religions today are pretty blatant propaganda um you know like especially like the more fundamentalist ones from what i know about their production and where their money comes from and stuff which i have just learned in off chance and and, like learning about political stuff um so i think like movies that uh a like aren't funded by religious or like religious movies that aren't funded by religious organizations and that aren't made by super religious people are way better than like the alternative. A lot of the time though, I haven't watched a ton of super religious movies, but I mean, all the good ones seem to not really be about like real religion or like devout, like about being religious, you know, Mm -hmm. I guess that's a good, an okay way to put it. (laughs) Yeah. It's more about the, uh, the, the history or the themes going into it and less about like being subservient to sky daddy. (laughs) Uh, uh, Big bad sky daddy. Air papa. Air papa. (laughs) (laughs) What else do we got? Create me sky daddy. Uh, 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 Okay. So I have creative process and the male artist, female muse paradigm. And then biblical, uh, we went through, uh, I have some fun facts. Let's hear them. Um, the brothers in the movie, who are the Cain and Abel, uh, like analogous brothers, mm-hmm. uh, that is real life brothers, Donald and Brian Gleason. Nice. Yeah. 
and they are actually the sons of Brendan Gleeson, who is an amazing English, uh, sorry, Irish actor. And I had no idea they were his kids or that they were brothers. And I'm I'm fans of all of those people. Huh. <laughs> and I learned that from this movie. Uh, I don't really know who they are. I I guess also the um his publisher at the end of the movie is also like a famous actress, but I don't really know who she is. Kristen either. Wig. Yeah. Who like what, yeah. What, She was on Saturday Night Live for a long time. Okay. And then she did Bridesmaids and was fucking amazing in that. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, she's fucking hilarious. And she does a really good job in this. Yeah, I agree, too. I just, I I was reading, I think the bulk of my research for this was just reading, like, an interview with Aronofsky. And he was like, yeah, I thought this would be, like, a treat for the, the you know, the avid movie you go where. And I was just like, oh, I don't know who that is. <laughs> Aww. Um. So last movie starred uh, Rachel Weisz, mm-hmm. and it turns out she was in a long-term relationship with Aronofsky. Oh, really? Yeah, they were together for about ten years, and they have a kid together, I believe. So I thought that was fun and cool. Who was she in The Lobster? The woman, the nearsighted woman. Oh, the nearsighted. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fun fact. Right. Well, well, oh, they, yeah. well, well our, our, our movies kissed. <laughs> there. Our movies are axes. Ac- butt to mouth. <laughs> yeah. Next, ne- what the fuck is wrong yeah. with me? Next up, the human centipede. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> just I kidding. will not. Uh, As another, just another quick aside. I know we've talked about this like very briefly before, but like the end of this movie like made me want to watch like The Holy Mountain. Really bad. Oh my god, the same. Really? Yes. Because we, I've been thinking about the Holy Mountain all week because of this fucking movie. I think, this is why we're fucking friends. I think we should watch it for this podcast. I, I really do. It's long. I haven't seen it in over ten years because the the like it's like a once a ten years movie. But please, let's let's just get like a carton of cigarettes and fucking. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> carton of cigarettes. Sit outside. With, I'll with get a, a I'll get a Fentiman's alcoholic ginger beer. Because I need to drink for Holy Mountain. I don't drink very often, but when I do, it's when I'm watching Yadarowski. Uh, <laughs> if, if you want to hear that, you got to email us because that, yeah, let one, us know. that one actually might take a little bit of motivation to do a podcast on. Let us know, and then we will put the effort in. Otherwise, we're going to watch stuff that isn't three hours long. <laughs> um, so one last thing. There is a whole ass Wikipedia ar- article about Darren Aronofsky's unrealized project, and it's long as fuck. <laughs> All, like all of his unrealized products. Yeah. What What does this dude want to do? I uh, there's a bunch of Marvel superhero movies and DC superhero movies on there that like he like was in pre production for and then was like nah. Well, so it's like good on him. He really wants to. I think he in theory wants to do a comic book movie, but then he actually works with like Marvel. Or like like the MCU and the DCU yeah. people, and he's like, "This I fucking hate this," <laughs> and then he leaves. Marvel is another studio with kind of questionable ties to big money, as you could say. Absolutely, taking a lot of money from like U.S. government entities to make like movies like Civil War and stuff. I believe they, I think they war propaganda. Yeah, effectively, yeah. and I. You can add us about this, I guess, if you want, but I mean. I've watched all the Marvel movies. I still don't like where the money comes from. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's yeah. what it is. 
We've seen a couple Mar- Marvel movies together in the theater. My hands aren't clean. You yeah. know, whatever. Um, there was a part in this when they were, when the, when his sycophantic creepy fans after they've killed the baby and again i do think it was an it's like an accident but they're being awful so fuck them still uh where (laughs) well it's it was an accident that was supposed to happen yeah yeah right um where she starts stabbing them like she's just she's done she's like fuck you people you fucking murdered my son uh and then they they start beating her beat and, the shit out of her and for like 15 seconds yeah it's pretty intense and they're calling her names like just awful awful names like tear her clothes off and stuff yeah and there were a couple of things that went through my mind the, i mean the first one is of course the idea of the divine feminine and the fact that uh, you know, we used to have these matriarchal deities and a lot of like Roman Catholicism kind of swept through uh, with that first wave of like colonialism and very much uh, killed that off. Oh, yeah, that's deep. And so it, it kind of reminded me of that, of like, like, fuck you, bitch. We want our Jesus, you know. And like you can be Mary or whatever, because that is the whole thing with um, Catholicism and saints. The saints are it was a great way to get pagans to convert because they said, no, see, we have like a pantheon just like you kind of do. But then we've got Big Big Sky Daddy and you gotta, you gotta suck off Big Big Sky Daddy. But you can also suck all these ones off, too. Um so that's terrible. Uh, but I mean, you're you're speaking religion in a way I can understand. Yeah, I'm tr- I'm trying to get you to focus because yeah. uh, yeah. it's oh, boring. You can see my eyes glazing yeah. over. Yeah. I'm like trying to pay attention. I'm just like I. It's hard. It's it's hard because I just I don't know what fucking anything about this. I don't even know how to talk about it. Really. And there's just there's a lot of like colonialism and um, white supremacy that goes into why we have such a patriarchal society. Um, but uh, it reminded me uh, of that and of, you know, like kind of the, just that, that rape of the demi- divine feminine. Um, it also kind of reminded me of like a Courtney Love, Yoko Ono situation where she's seen mm. as a drag on the poet. She and, and her son even though they're revered as his his muse or whatever, as soon as she starts questioning his relationship with them, with his fans, with his audience, she is reviled. And when she starts trying to protect him or when he starts prioritizing her at all, they start to rebel. And so then it's, you know, that kind of like, that public animosity and some of the really awful things that have been said about people like Courtney Love, Yoko Ono, Avril Lavigne, um, about, you know, their relationships with other male artists. Uh, and totally. Yeah. I think that's a good connection. And it, it just like made me think like, wow, it's that like, like public beating that so many like, 
female artists or like partners of artists can get when they're not perfect. Well, did did Courtney kill Kurt? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Tell us what you think. Uh, email us at, at email us at movie time extra at gmail dot com. Um, well, what do yeah. you what did you think was the most extra thing in this movie? I think we're about there. I think we did it. I mean, like let's. I God, mean, I mean the last hour of it. <laughs> The insanity there in those last oh, few scenes. Yeah, really. The the most extra thing for me. Do you mind if I answer first? No, please. When they start getting into like it's a war zone, the it's like the cops come and then the military comes, and it's like his work has like created a revolution, like, like all of that stuff, and she's just like heavily pregnant, like trudging through like a war zone. Uh, that was when I was like, this is very good and i am very into how extra it is yeah i think that's what i said verbatim when we (laughs) watched it together yeah it was really yeah you really out loud just like oh fuck oh fuck (laughs) (laughs) it was so fun to watch you watch this movie oh i'm sorry yeah it was no it was great it was great i really liked it you were Um, loving it yeah i if you're asking me I think the most extra part was when I think it's right after the the uh, the brother kills the other, and she goes into the basement to look under the blood spot because she sees it's like become a hole in the floor, and mm-hmm. then like blood just starts dripping down and like explodes the light bulb and blood just sprays everywhere, and I just wrote in my in my notes like this house is on its period <laughs> and I, I already i already made that joke in this episode but like that was i mean that wasn't the most extra thing in this movie but it was definitely when it started getting to be extra and um i just really love how intense this movie was and how much it ramped up just that intensity and the, the tingly feels that i got from it like good good job aronofsky yeah good job you got my my seal of approval <laughs> Oh, you got my house on its period. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Please don't sue me, Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> and yeah, I think that about does it. If you haven't seen Mother, it's it's a it's a really good flick. If you can handle some some pretty acute gore and baby eating at the end it's it's totally worth a watch if you haven't seen it light baby eating come on get over yourself (laughs) reddit was not happy with that (laughs) reddit's never happy if you enjoy our show please be sure to rate review subscribe subscribe become our sub (laughs) and make sure to tell your friends I shouldn't have found that that funny. <laughs> you can always email us at movietimeextra at gmail.com to tell us what you think is extra. Suggest us a movie. Tell us why we're wrong. Tell us why we're right. Darren Aronofsky, please don't file a protective order against me. Uh, <laughs> but if you if you want, if you have to, you know where to send. You it. know where to send it. It's that email address. And really, if you just want to hear us uh, shoot the shit about something, uh, let us know. We're always listening. We got that inbox open. 
It it is open. Open sesame. <laughs> As always, our amazing theme song is by DJ Cutman. Thank you, DJ Cutman. And we will be back in a couple more weeks with another very extra movie to share with you. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Mm, bye.